0: Well, hello and welcome everybody to this special edition episode. Today we are talking about Mars and unifying desire and purpose. And there's going to be some different takes on Mars here today, which is really exciting because obviously Mars is a planet that we're all paying attention to right now. There's a lot going on with Mars. I am here with astrologer, Adam Gainsberg. He has been a practicing astrologer for 23 years and some specific areas of expertise that he brings to us are Mars, Venus, returning to the sky. So actually bringing the sky back into our practice of astrology. Chiron, the nodes, evolution, and advancing the practice of astrology itself. So Adam, you have been in the astrology hub world for years. I mean, almost from the beginning, right? I think maybe one of our first events. Yeah. 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 Yes. And it's just great to have you here again today. So thank you so much for joining us to talk to us about this very timely and relevant topic. I've been saying recently that redefining or recontextualizing our understanding of Mars feels very important right now because the stories that we're telling about these different archetypes are the ones that we keep playing out.
1: Exactly. So we can
0: expand our understanding of the energies, perhaps we can start to play out a different kind of story.
1: A different kind of story. I love that, Amanda. I love that. Well, I got to say that of all the planets in astrology, Mars is the one that gets the most single-minded rap, the single-minded reputation from all astrologers. Ask a hundred astrologers, to tell me about Mars, and they'll generally start talking about the basic framework of motivation, willpower, how you deal with your anger, instinct, um, the fire, action, all of that. And that's all true. It's completely true, except it's very, very partial. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more to Mars, Amanda, than, than that, maybe it's a little bit of a stretch, than that pigeonhole allows. And so for me, Mars it has at least two octaves. And he wants to express in both of them. The first octave is all those things that we just that we know when we study astrology. Um, it's the fire in our belly. It's the wind behind our sails when we're when we're really reaching for something beyond our comfort zone. It can also be all Mars can be all of the opponents, the outer opponents and the inner opponents that we meet going towards whatever we want or think we need to do. That's all true. But Mars is something more than that. Mars, without Mars, we would be basically lying on a couch and just kind of pondering this and that, and there would be no motivation to go do anything. So if you take that at this now next higher octave of Mars, now you get something different. You get what I call desire. The word desire, I mean, I, I I, you, you may already know this, but I will word... never
0: forget this. When you said this, it, it shifted something in me. So, yes, I can't wait for them to hear.
1: Wow. The word desire is actually originating in our astrological tradition from very, very long ago. De- desire, through the Latin, through the Greek, all the way back, it comes from this idea of day from sidere, the stars, the lights the shining illumined ones that seem to convey information to us and let me just take a little bit of a of an explanation here for thousands of years astrology was not limited to individuals looking up seeing the lights seeing the lights change and then conveying that to the king or the queen that was not astrology these sky watchers they would not only see the lights but literally, they would be hearing. They would be almost feeling the change of them in their bodies, on their skin. And then the geometries and the relationship between the lights, both the fixed stars and the moving planets, would literally somatically infuse into them. So when they would go out for a, what I call a sky watching, they would not come back with, here's what I saw, duh, 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 and kind of a laundry list. They would come back almost like transformed like experienced, like they just got a transmission directly into their bodies. So this is the origin of this. So desideri, from the stars. So in common language, to desire for something is to align yourself with what the stars hold for you. In other words, what your destiny is. Now, this is much, much different than just, oh, I want a new car. I want happiness in my life. I want to make more money. I want to avoid harm. That's of course we all want those things, but this is something, this is a higher calling and this is this higher octave of Mars. Now the higher octave of Mars, which we get from his phases, his phase with the sun, which is about a two year, give or take process. Every two years, Mars and the sun create a new whole cycle. And he has 13 phases to go through all that. That when that happens, it is an entirely new invitation from the stars to invoke and get in touch with our own higher desire, like not just me, but we, right? What, what am I here for that can have a, a benefit beyond myself and just my scope? That kind of thing. So that's what I'm really interested in. I mean, that's what still very much fuels me today when I speak and teach and write about Mars.
0: Why do you think there's such a misunderstanding about Mars? Why do you think it's been so like narrowed?
1: Great question. It's the culture, Amanda. Look at our culture. Look at look at what passes for normal in our culture. Like look at what passes for polite. Basically, don't really say what you're thinking. Dress in a way that is acceptable according to some unspoken rule, let's say fashion or social propriety, but never really be more of an individual, especially these days, with the intense scrutiny from uh, authorities and corporations and whoever we work for, et cetera. gender issues are so up right now, I mean, violently so, that I think we've marginalized our inner Mars because we are afraid of the power that that we each have that Mars represents in us. But this is not pa- this is like power like the fire to create something, the fire to overcome something. Like when for, for those astrology people, you know, you, you guys are not the normal people, right? You you you're you want you're looking for a deeper meaning, a deeper connection, and, and a deeper alignment with your life. That means you have to be facing your BS. I mean, you have to be facing your obstacles, whether it's fear and you and you contract, whether it's more like um, expectation and kind of like expecting life to be a certain way for me. And like more like a bravado whatever that and anything in between whatever obstacle we find ourselves without mars where we have no juice to actually meet ourselves and like face that quote enemy you know i mean ultimately i really like some of the things that christopher renstrom and um uh rick levine both dear good friends of mine um say about mars in their weekly or monthly podcast they do with you and i really do appreciate what they're saying and my contribution to that conversation is that there is literally a higher octave of Mars that has less to do with me accomplishing my goals and more to do with uh, how my accomplishing of my goals can have a, a what, what I call a collateral benefit instead of a collateral damage. This is There is a collateral benefit when I embrace and embody, and in this case Mars, empower myself to be— to, to align myself with that, with that desire, that's almost like larger than me. If you've ever had experiences of, of living into larger shoes than you ever imagined yourself to wear, that's what I'm talking about. And we get into the idea of Dharma here, right? Bigger purpose. So, what, so that's what this whole thing that I'm doing now is about, desire my calling to something larger with the feeling of I'm on purpose. I don't understand maybe this is a little mysterious. It's maybe I have to let go of some of the other stuff that I'm much more familiar and comfortable in. But either way, I am like, this feels right. I got to go this way. And the co- the combining of the two of them, that's Mars. Desire and purpose together at this higher octave.
0: And do you think most of us have clarity on what that is? You know, do you think when we have... I think a lot of people feel confused about their purpose. They may have an inkling on their desires, but how do we find that? I mean, I'm sure our chart says a lot about that.
1: Yes, our chart, uh, since we're kind of in the ballpark of what I've been putting out, it's not only our chart says that, but our, our natal sky says that too. For example, if you have a conjunction on your chart, I'm just speaking to everyone here. If you have a conjunction on your chart, do you know which planet is higher by latitude? Let's say that two planets are conjunct by like, you know, less than a degree. So on the chart they're right next to each other. Oh wow, they're conjunct. But that's only by longitude. What about the other dimension? Latitude. And that they could be very, very separated by latitude. So the sky also brings that in. But to your question, Amanda, it really depends on the person. Here's why. Some of us have a have were born with the gift of having a direct line into our desire. So purpose is a long term work at it effort. Others of us are long-term work-at-it aficionados, like, you know, working at it. But then the other one, we really have to start to develop and willingly volunteer to put ourselves sometimes in uncomfortable, sometimes to deal with old pain in order to resolve it so that we can open up to that higher dimension. So it really depends on where we start. I would say this though, Amanda, net, net, it's fear. It's fear that stops us, whether we're in one camp, as I just kind of categorized it, or the other. It's fear that, that stops us from, from moving into, from, uh, how would I say, embodying our purpose and activating our desire. Now, this is not fear, like emotional fear, like, I'm afraid of spiders, okay? So when I use that word fear, I'm not talking about that the thing that we can identify. I'm really, really talking, and I have a lot of you know, experience with lots of people in groups over many years. This is a fear that's much deeper, that even if someone said to you that you trusted, say, you know, underneath it, you're afraid of this. If you take that information into here, just into your into your personality mind, you'd be like, no, I don't think that's true. But then if you were to ever get exposed to that level of you, you'd be like, oh my gosh, there is so much fear in me about this. Now, this is not the fear that limits my daily life and success and happiness, but this is a deeper fear. So I think, and maybe that's what that's a big motivation for me personally to come out with such Mars stuff, so much so much Mars stuff right now, because I'm seeing so much fear coming up, and people have no way to even identify it, let alone work with it, because it's this deeper level.
0: And okay, we'll go on to the, the current Mars transits because yeah. that's really important to cover. But, but before we do, yeah. would you say that that pure desire in us is connected to like that innocent perception of like a, a, of a child, like that pure unfiltered desire for something? And the child doesn't feel shame or oh, I shouldn't desire that or I shouldn't. It just has the desire, right? Yes. So it it moves in the direction of the d- desires. But I think sometimes there's such a vulnerability in that in that level of pure desire that the fear might come in, in in the fear of rejection or the fear of being told you can't or you shouldn't or you you might not be able to or any of those things. Exactly. Uh, but I just wanted to hear your your experience of mm-hmm. of the quality of that desire and whether or not you think it's connected to that childlike mm-hmm. innocent pure desire that you see.
1: Yes in the heart essence of, everyone, of everyone's desire, yes, I think there is a great vulnerability, but it often will not express like that or arise like that in a person's experience of themselves. Sometimes there's not a vulnerability, sometimes there's more of a, more like a quality of passion. So in the essence of it, look, every time a human being is truly being who they are, they're vulnerable. Like every time we are authentic, you know, every time, like you and I hanging out, having a cup of coffee or like talking about some like real stuff that's challenging us or real stuff that's like amazing in our life right now that it's like new, we can't really take it in yet. That's vulnerable. That's totally vulnerable. And it won't always feel vulnerable to a lot of us. To your um, image of the child, I agree. I would say though that it's, it's like if you've ever met a small child or let's say a toddler who is just kind of way more wise beyond their years. It's that kind of child of the art. Arch- That's more like the archetype that I get when you ask your question. This like wise, this wisdom child kind of that we each have in us.
0: Mm. Yeah. Okay, very good. All right, so let's talk about the current Mars transit and yeah. what you see as the invitation from this time with the okay. prevalence of Mars in our skies right now.
1: Great. So the biggest picture of Mars we can talk about right now is Libra. Why? Because the cycle that we are in now, the Mars sun cycle, which the whole cycle, which as I mentioned is about 2 years long process, that whole 2 year process um is all the Libran masculine. So that's what we're all in collectively. We're in we are evolving Collective, collective human consciousness through the Libra aspect or facet of masculinity. Now, this is masculine here. This is not male, gender, non-gender, transgender. It's nothing about gender at all. It's the masculine principle, just like the feminine principle. So we're not talking about your plumbing, your biological plumbing. This is the masculine principle, which has everything to do with, at 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 the level of spirit, has to do with complete freedom, unmovingness, eternal spaciousness. At the level of the world, down in here, it has to do with the fire in our belly. So the masculine and the feminine, both of them, they inverse or reverse their significations depending on which level of reality or consciousness that you are delineating. This is what this is how to correlate, for example, mystical traditions like Vedantic. Into Vedanta, some aspects of Buddhism, some versions of Native American spirituality, South American spirituality, uh, at like mi- the mystical level, and then the 3D world, this world, the evolution of the planet and the species biologically. So we're in the Libra masculine. So the themes of that, is, and when Mars is in Libra, it's it's very difficult for Mars because there's no overt enemy. Do you know? Do you, there's nothing to push against. There's nothing to go for because everything is constantly seeking what? Balance, harmony, understanding, raising to a higher ideal, of mutuality. This is the Libran ideal. But Mars Mars just wants to do, act, go, and break shit. So it's very difficult. So this is what we're up against. In, in short way of saying, this is a time now in, collectively. Where our where the human masculine principle is being challenged to take a stand, to leave one's house, and as a metaphor, because in one's house you can control everything, you can change the furniture, the carpets, you can knock down a wall, you can build an addition. But once you leave the house and now you're on public property, you're not in control to do anything like that. So to leave to leave the house as a metaphor to actually go out and take a stand for something that matters to you. Now what do you see going on around the world? Oh my gosh, it's literally it's it's a literalization of what I'm talking about. In other words, I'm trying to give a very very short description of what Mars needs to do when he's in Libra to find balance and to self-actualize. The evolutionary opportunity of Mars when So
0: so for people that are confused about why you're not talking about Mars and Aries. Yeah, I'm going to get you, there. Okay, good. All right. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. The reason why this is Libra is because, when Mars last birthed, when Mars last first appeared as a morning star, Mars was in the sign of Libra. That's why, here I can tell you exactly the date. This Okay, cycle, so you're talking
0: about Mars in the sky actually becoming visible.
1: Becoming visible for the first Mars time. When
0: Mars became visible for the first time after its yes. last cycle, it was yes. in Libra. Okay. Uh,
1: yes. And, and, cycle, and like
0: the new moon, and like a new moon or like a moon cycle, That then colors the whole cycle where where it's born or where it's
1: birthed. Exactly, exactly right. This cycle began September second, 2019, and will go through October seventh, 2021. When Mars started, when Mars birthed in this cycle, he was at eight degrees of Libra, and that's why I'm referring to this entire two-year period, September last year to October next year, as the Libran masculine. But more specifically now, where we are now, as everybody probably knows, is we are very close to Mars stationing retrograde uh, in about a week, a little bit more than a week. And he is in Aries, has been in Aries, and will be in Aries for a long time. He's rarely retrograde in Aries, and when he is, he's there a long time. It's his own home sign. So Mars in Aries now is Morning Star, visible, but getting brighter approaching his station retrograde and therefore slowing down in speed which planet would you guess amanda hates to slow down the most <laughs> mars exactly <laughs> so there are challenges now when our, when collectively mars in the sky for the planet is slowing because most of us especially these days with the with the acceleration of speed internet speed talking speed processing information speed. When Mars starts to slow down, we start to feel very, well, some of us feel very threatened. It's a very uncomfortable place to be for a lot of us who and just live on that buzz. Very uncomfortable. So that's one of the reasons why there's so much tension, violence, literally ending, like violent taking of lives. This, it, it's a, it's, Yes, it's all the great conjunctions of Capricorn and Saturn, Jupiter and Pluto, completely changing the fundamental makeup of human civilization. I, yes, but now Mars is the trigger for it. It's the it's the it's the uh, what's the the flare gun. It's the flare, and so when Mars goes retrograde, which he will September eighth or 9th, depending on which time zone you're in, all the way through the beginning of November, when Mars is retrograde, this is going to be a very flaring time, and. It's, I would say the the fall 2020 into the winter 2020 in the Northern Hemisphere um, will be, uh, unfortunately, I'm seeing a lot more reactivity at the world level, violence, um, manipulation of consensus opinions. I also am seeing the possibility, Amanda, that people who have the right idea in them about let's say really standing up strongly to make sure every voice is heard that those people will go out of balance and may even get violent in other words like to to protect free speech how far are we willing to go are we willing to kill someone for that and if we are then we're just basically undermining everything that we're standing for see so this is this is going to be a time of potentially violent extremes and it's going to be through the next few months. Now, it doesn't mean I'm saying that the world's going to burn in hatred and violence. I am saying, though, that a lot of people, after this is all done, whenever that is after for them, they're going to look back and go, oh, my gosh, I was really, I really had lost my center. That's what I think this period of Mars retrograde. And I go into this in this recent um, course that I just came out with about the sky factors of Mars. It has to do with how fast he's moving, how, how bright he is, how visible he is, where he appears in the sky, and also how close to Earth he is. These are the sky factors. Just like in a chart, we talk about the chart factors like sign house aspects and dignity or debility. We have sky factors like these things I mentioned.
0: That's fascinating. I mean, we don't, We don't hear about that a lot we don't learn about that a lot like you said if you see a conjunction in your chart do you have any idea which one was higher or lower it's like no No. um so i love that you're bringing in these sky factors and that so you feel like we have enough data to interpret these different aspects of mars for example
1: yes oh yes we do oh yes we do we definitely do because mars is our one of our closest neighbors venus on the in on the inside mars on the outside we have a lot of data. We have a lot of experience with him. Mars has been, you know, one of the visible planets for thousands and thousands of years across at least twenty different active sky watching cultures. There's a ton of, if you will, research or yeah. observational data from many different cultures. They all, of course, delineated him a little bit differently based on their rule and their societal law and what what could get you killed when you, if you said it as an astrologer. What would keep you safe? Is you know all that. But but these days we have. A a lot of information, and that's really the point of why I came out with, why I'm continuing to come out with all of this information about the Mars phases with the sun. This is sort of like saying, remember I was talking about before about the lower octave of Mars and the higher octave of Mars? The lower, which is not at all pejorative at all, just the more immediate 3D level of Mars, that's the chart Mars. Look at his sign house aspects, his dignity, what aspects he's making, all of that. The higher octave of Mars is his phase. So what phase a person was born in? Mars' the, uh, Mars's phase with the sun, whether he was born as a morning star, was he an evening star, was he, was he invisible when you were born, all of that. that th- those are the fundamental building blocks of understanding this higher calling to our masculine nature. It really is. And without that, we're doing at best a bunch of projections. But with it, we can start to get it into our bodies. See, that's what, that's what it does. When we're looking at a round chart wheel – whether on the screen or a piece of paper, we're looking at a flat representation. When we're looking at the sky and we're really starting to grok uh, distance, oh, Mars is fast, bright, slow, here, not there. See, we're starting to – it's almost like, you know, I just had lunch with my friend and there was something about the way they were talking. I couldn't put my finger on it, but I just felt such and such. That's what we start to do with every one of the planets when we bring in the sky. It's so important these days. We are so, most of us are so dissociated. Like I was just thinking about this the other day, I got off the session, I got off the the call with a client and I thought, you know, when I started doing astrology readings, as I was taught, I'm responsible for being accurate, integrous and being honest. So that's what I would present to my client, that information from that, from there. So, but I'm coming more from, you know, my learned skill. But astrology, what we call astrology, I, Amanda, I feel like the whole art, the whole field is kind of on this verge of like this quantum leap, what, what I call inward, <laughs> into more of a human dimension, less of a abstracted, archetypalized, mythologized um, source of information for how we live our lives. It's more like the direct experience can tell me what's up the direct experience of my planets on my chart or in my sky or whatever. And so, you know, that's probably the thing. Cause I always like to, I have this image of myself that I get bored very easily and I want to contribute things that if I were on the receiving end of this, this would not bore me.
0: <laughs> you know, uh, this is a little bit of a sidebar, but, my daughters and I have been dreaming up how astrology could be taught to children in a way that would enable them to experience it, like you're ah. saying, like where you can feel it, you can dance it, you can hear it, you can, you can sense it in the elements. And so I do, I do think this is the next frontier of astrology and a lot of, I mean, some of you are already doing it and yes. passing along the, the ways in which we can do that even yes. more. Fully, but can you imagine? Because that's how kids need to learn.
1: Oh, my Anyways, gosh.
0: It's when how we all told- do. Really.
1: Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Amanda, may I um, just tag on something on top of your sidebar there? Yes. By the way, I hope you know I am completely, I mean, I'm a, I'm a huge proponent of what you just said, teaching children. I, I was just talking about this with Andrea, my uh, support and partner in, and assistant in the soul sign, my, my work. She's amazing. She is. Next, next year, I'm going to be um, holding a course on an astrologically derived breathing and meditation practice that will bring the planets, elements, and the spatial dimension of astrology into the body, and that can totally be applied to children if you're a, if you're a parent or if you're a teacher of children, which I'm not.
0: Yes. Huge, huge, huge. Okay. I have a question before we go on to more about the Mars cycle itself. Yeah. You said that the time this fall winter, which I think all of us have been sensing, especially those of us who've been tuning into the astrology and listening to all of you for months right. and months,
1: right. that
0: the fall it's like kind of gearing up for like, okay, it's gonna get even hotter. It's gonna get even more intense. Like right when you think it couldn't possibly get more intense, it's like, oh my gosh, it's we're not there yet, you know?
1: Yeah.
0: And you said that that, that it's almost like a flare, like there's, there's this flare up of the tension and, you know, um, for people navigating that kind of energy in their personal life. Okay. How would you guide? How would you, what would you say is, is our invitation for that higher octave of Mars as we're going through this, this period of time personally?
1: Great. I love that you're asking the question from, from the higher octave place. The invitation is, number one, to allow our, quote, lower self a voice. I find, this is completely my opinion, I find we are too impatient and too quick to identify our issues and then try to work on them, heal them, fix them. I feel we don't spend enough time becoming intimate with what our obstacles are inside of us our fears our attachments our uh, blind spots you know that's what i mean not outside our own stuff so that's the first allow these obstacles more room and express them journal them dance them share them sing them cry them scream them find support work find them healing modality whatever that's the first that's the first invitation i think he's asking next take a step, even if in your mind, you don't understand why you're feeling drawn to do this. Do something, or do some things. For some reason, I, I've done the, the, the taking stock of, like Adam said, okay, now, time to take action steps. I'm gonna sign up for, you know, I don't know, hypnosis, uh, hypnosis with some kind of a uh, uh, healing course where I can learn how to give massage or I need to go travel halfway around the world and sit and meditate at this place or this person that I've been dating that I've been a little bit on and off again with well I'm going to step up and say you know what let's let's go further together let's see if this relationship really has something you know take a step something anything if I've been thinking about investing put the money down like whatever it is do something to specifically about whatever you found in that first step of taking more stock and allowing more room for your fears, et cetera, et cetera, to have a voice. So the, reason, I, the, the, the reason why I'm saying this is because with Mars, it is so, so, so in our culture, frickin' easy to blame. And blaming, we've already lost. If I'm blaming anything or anyone, including myself, I'm already in my shadow and suppressing it. So, but if I can take stock, I'm stopping the process of blaming. I'm, I'm, I'm stopping the projection. And that starts to take our power back.
0: Mm. I think so that's we, the
1: invitation to really take more responsibility, Amanda.
0: More responsibility. Okay. Yeah. And, and when you're saying look at, take that internal stock um, and then take a step, are you saying find where we have fears, find where we're, we're held back, yeah. find where we have felt stifled and take steps in that direction? In that direction. I'm afraid of this, so I'm going to take a step toward it.
1: So I'm going to take a step towards it, right? So I'm afraid. I'm going, I'm afraid of intimacy. My whole life, everyone that I've ever gotten close to, the people I've been closest to have only been like this close to me. They never really. I never allowed them really in. Okay, that's my that. Okay, that's an inventory. I don't. I, I'm afraid of intimacy. What's a step? Pick someone that you feel close to, and risk getting closer, sharing something with them that would be totally unheard of five years ago or whatever. That's what I mean.
0: And what if we feel like it quote unquote doesn't work? You know, we take that step and we get right. like another obstacle or, or quote unquote fails or, you know, if that's like our immediate feedback, then what should we do?
1: Yeah. There is no, what we should do then, Amanda. Then it's entirely because that risk might come back and then we might go, wow, that was too much. I'll never do that again. But you know what? Here's what I've learned. Cause I, I've, I've had the privilege of doing readings or doing deeper work with someone and then three years, five, whatever, seven years later, someone's saying, uh, Adam, remember me? We did a reading, we did three sessions, blah, blah, blah. I think it's time to come back to you and like, do more work. And I, get, and I get the before and the after picture of them. Even if, it, even if it backfired, Amanda, it is so good for the soul. It is so evolutionary, even if it hurts. It, it, you, are do, you are moving in the right direction, even if you don't, you, in your mind you can't identify anything that's positively changed yet. Is that a, yes. yes.
0: So even if it feels like one step forward, two steps back, back it's absolutely not. It is It is a step forward.
1: It yes. is a step forward. Just because you can't identify it doesn't mean you're not moving forward.
0: Because you acknowledged a, 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 an area that you right. have tr- true and pure desire. Would you say that the desires that we have, uh, what does Anne say? Anne says, if it's if it's in your heart, it's in your chart.
1: Yes. <laughs>
0: so I mean, love it's, that. It's, yes. It's, it's, because sometimes people say, well, this is something I really want. But I'm just not wired to get it, or I'm just—I'm never going to get it for whatever reason. It's like, well, but if it's really a, a pure desire in you, it just doesn't seem like it would be there to begin with if you're not—if—if if there's no way for you to manifest it here in this reality.
1: I, I totally hear you, and I'm just going to respond to that in a from a sort of different but also deeper place. Some of us have the karma, and by the way, I define karma as things from past lives, if you, if you believe in that. Secondly, things you inherit genetically, not just mom and dad, but all the way back, seven generations at least. And also third, I define karma sort of as preverbal. So the first in utero plus the first six to nine months of life. So all of that I bundle into the word karma. So some of us have karma such that th- that thing, that issue that you just described, might be a what I call a lifelonger something that we literally have avoided for so long or we inherited such a blind spot about that, that it literally takes decades for us to get through it mm. literally. And we are working on it. It's like an onion. Wow. For the last 20 years, I finally got this first layer of the onion peeled and now the next layers are coming off easier. Why? Because I'm less filled with my own bullshit. I can be more honest with myself when the next layers come to be worked through.
0: Mm. Yeah. Okay so some things we may have to work on longer. It's not like an immediate gratification which definitely Exactly. May help. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Okay. So let's talk about the Mars cycle a little bit. Yeah. And t- so right. tell us uh, you you've you've talked about it. Uh, tell us a little bit more about the cycle and the 13 phases okay. and what we how we benefit in working with paying attention to the Mars cycle.
1: Great. The cycle is between just under 24 months to over 26 months. So it's the most erratic uh, cycle, uh, planetary cycle with the sun. Um, has 13 phases. The cycle starts with Mars invisible. Mars conjunct the sun. No Mars in the sky because Mars is on the other side of the sun from Earth at the start of the cycle. Then he births a few months later. He appears as a morning star. He rises as a morning star. He then stations retrograde, and at around the station retrograde, which for us is going to happen, as I mentioned, in, a, in a, about a week, he then goes through a period that I have called the midnight star period. Now, this is something brand new in astrology. I just want to, this is not um, patting myself on the back, but I do want to point out that if anyone has a background in ancient cultures and stuff, you will not ever find anything around this midnight star period. Planets were either morning stars evening stars, or invisible. That's it. But I have found, for our modern times, there's a whole period for the Mars cycle, the Jupiter cycle, the Saturn cycle, and if you do the invisibles, the outer planets too, in between evening, uh, morning and evening star. And this midnight star period is fascinating. It's a lot more to get into than I can now, but I, I go into it very much in this new course that I just came out with on Mars. And that is the midnight star period transitions mars from all about me to clearing the clearing the inner palette by invoking more of a higher dimensional version of myself a kind of inspired version that sidere plays stars so by invoking that and clearing out down here i i start to carry more but i may not understand it all yet and that midnight star period then goes then creates or results in the evening star period, which is my life is increasingly dedicated and devoted, my energies, my efforts, towards the benefit of all. Protection of natural resources, the planet, protection of animals, the protection of human rights, whatever it is, the we. So the midnight star period takes us from the morning star Mars, the I, subjective, to the we, collective. And remember, we're talking about Mars here. So this is all about agency and achieving and overcoming obstacles with greater and greater efficiency, skill, conscientiousness. That's the, in a very broad strokes, that's the, this, is the, that, this describes the overall period of Mars, the, the overall cycle of Mars. And then he disappears after the evening start, and he's invisible for a little while while he completes the cycle. And then he conjuncts the sun again, and a new cycle starts.
0: And, and what have you seen to be the uh, result of people aligning with and starting to pay attention to and working with the, the, that cycle?
1: Much, much better, deeper questions of themselves. In other words, where is their motivation now? It's coming from a more of a soulful place, less of a, I want that, or I want to get away from that. It's more of a in another area of my work I call it let my questions stalk me. Hmm. That's what the deep that's what people aligning living in their phase. What are my deeper questions? So for people who are who work tantrically in any version, in any definition of that word, the Mars, the the, the phase that you were born into and living in alignment with that more and more this will start to put you in touch with almost like demanding of yourself more honesty when it comes to living your inner sacred masculine. More honesty, meaning, wow, for the last years or whatever, I thought I had kind of was gotten there. But now that I'm in my phase, I'm, I'm realizing I don't think I got where I thought I got, like that kind of thing. Mm. And oftentimes we don't have sources of information. Even really good teachers to give us that level of feedback. This Mars phase thing, man, because of the nature of Mars, it's so immediate and raw. It's it's just right there, instinct. Um, when you combine that fund like base nature with this thing about dharma and purpose, it's an amazing, amazing right alchemy together. In fact, man, it reminds me, the way I describe the Mars phase that you were born in in general, is it's my innate instinct to do what I am, to do what I am. This is not to become who, it's, this is not to, to be who I am. This is to do what I am. I'm not just playing with the words here. I'm really trying to point to a very different way to define and know yourself. It's 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 knowing through my actions. Like I was just talking to a colleague who has actually been one of your astrologers too, Adam Summer. Uh, we just recorded a great podcast on Mars and Chiron um, and on his show. And um, uh, he brought up this great example of some uh, video footage. I think it's even a, docu- a documentary with Michael Jordan and other like top superhuman athletes where they're, you know, they're just drawn to like, oh, my, like the next game, the next intense competition, the next full active engagement to the max of your ability that's the level of Mars at the phase level that that I'm trying to invoke in people.
0: Brilliant. I love that. To
1: do what you are. What I am not to be who I am because the who still kind of is bringing in a little bit of a self-image, self-identity.
0: Yes. Okay. So Gail is asking how do we find out more about the 13 phases of Mars and what phase our natal Mars was? Which is a great question, Gail, which is the perfect segue for you to talk about your Mars course.
1: Wow. Perfect. Thank you, Gail. I just recently, folks, came out with a basically it's I took everything, all of my research, all of my counseling experience and my writing, and I put it into all one course. It's on my site now. It's literally I call it the Mars course, unifying desire and purpose. Um, It's five videos. It's almost five hours of my material. It's just me giving the uh, lecturing, teaching. With power, with power, with slides and everything. And in fact, Amanda, the fifth, uh, the fifth video. I, I want to make sure I say this now because I may forget later. Is um, in prep for this course and releasing it. Uh, we put together a live delineation class where um, I took five people's charts um, who attended the course, who attended the the evening webinar. Excuse me. Uh, and I just I removed all the planets from the chart. And I just throw up the Sun and Mars on their chart, in their sign and house aspect, whatever. And I then delineate. I say, okay, here's what chart Mars would say, blah 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 blah. But here's what phase Mars would say. And when you do that, now you get this. You get chart Mars is the the content or the how. My phase Mars, which is the what I am meant to do, my masculine dharma. So the phase contextualizes who I am as an embodiment of the sacred masculine, women and men equally. Okay. So, so the course has, it, it covers the whole cycle. I mean, I totally geek out and I give you all the data and the cool graphics and how it all works. Then I go into what I call the motives. Mars is four motives, which is invisible, even, morning star, midnight star, and evening star. Go deep into that. Then we go into the sky factors. So there are six sky factors that I teach you on. Um, each of the sky, it's like learning signs, learning houses, but it's much more into, if you're already astro, if you're already an astrological uh, practitioner or a heavy, a real student, it, this won't be going back to the drawing board because you'll, you'll have a feel, you'll have your own immediately sentient feeling of this, of these, these factors. Right. And then I go all into each of the 13 phases and each of the 13 phases, um, have their own complete delineation. There, it's like it's like 13 signs of Mars, Amanda. But each one contain uh, ha, uh, uh, has the space to have every one of Mars's 12 signs. So Mars and so, for example, one of the phases, it, the very first phase is called the Inception phase. So you can have Mars in Inception phase in Aries, Taurus, Gemini, Cancer, blah 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 blah. You can have Mars in the preparation phase in Aries, Taurus, can you know? You, so it's 12 signs in all 13. That's 156 options. It's very, very specific to us, very unique to us. Um, and then, of course, this live delineation class where I picked five people and I just went through each of them.
0: Okay, brilliant. We are going to put the link for this course in the chat. We're also going to put it in the show notes or the description, depending on where you're viewing this. So just look in the description and things. We have the link there for you. So basically, there's five modules or five lessons. Yes. yes. And um, when they join, do they get access to all those at the same time, or is it um, released at a certain time frame?
1: No, no. It's it's all data. It's all there. It's all you. In addition, um, thank you for bringing that up. Um, I also want to mention there's a bunch of handouts and really cool explanatory graphics that I we put together. Um, there is the whole Mars phase ephemerides. So you can instantly look up any date and find exactly what phase Mars was in. There's also a second ephemeris of which cycle Mars has been in since from 1900 to 2100. So remember we're talking about Libra cycle, but now Mars and Aries within the Libra cycle. So you also get the Mars cycle. There is also a couple add-ons uh, at the time of, you know, um, at, on the page. There's a couple add-ons of a very, very, very long essay, probably the longest essay I've ever written, on one of the phases of Mars, which is the shortest. It's three days long, and it's at Mars' opposition to the sun. This holds perhaps the most overt spiritual or metaphysical, mystical signification of the entire Mars cycle when Mars is opposite the sun in our skies. Mars will always be retrograde. And opposite the sun at some point at the exact midpoint of that whole two-year process, and I call it the transcendence phase. So where Venus, if anyone's familiar with my Venus work and my Venus book, *The Light of Venus*, with her thirteen phases, her transformational midpoint is called the the transmutation phase. In other words, transformation through complete metamorphosis of the body of the form. That's the feminine way. Masculine Mars does complete uh, does transformation through transcendence. So you completely transcend the limitation of your ego and self-image and limitations and blocks by exploding Mars or expanding into something much, much, much more vast than you've ever probably defined yourself as. The sun keeps encroaching here, <laughs> um, so. So in that way, we have a beautiful tantra where the feminine completely transforms from within, the masculine completely transforms from without, but they both meet back down into the body and specifically into the heart. Yeah, so,
0: yeah. Okay, good. And who would you say this course is good for? Like who, yeah. who would benefit the most from this course? And it's talk about level and then also level astrology student level, and then also um, interest or, or what they have to benefit from it.
1: Got it. Yes. Interest, uh, uh, experience level, I'd say, well, it really depends on how much of us have a, how much of a quick study you are. Have you been kind of flirting around people? You know, has a person been kind of flirting around their astrological education for like seven years and never really took it seriously, but a lot has kind of osmosed in over those time. I would say someone on average who's been a student or a serious student for about two years. It's also, it could be for people with much more, well, Put it this way: I've gotten a tr- I've gotten a lot more uh, enthusiastic feedback from my Mars course and the Mars work in general from people who have been at astrology a longer time because because they've been at it a longer time they recognize, wow, what you're doing here is like another octave of how to delineate quote charts how to delineate planets and so. So on that level, I think the more experience you have, the more you're going to like this. But it doesn't mean, I mean, I, I have a student now who just started a year and a half ago, and man, he is just on it. He just knows, like, he's more advanced a year and a half than I was at that point. The second part was what we'll get, what they'll get from well, it. Well, I
0: mean, what what, um, what question is the person walking with that is perfect for this class?
1: Yes. I've done a lot of work on my inner feminine, and I continue to i have really opened to who my inner goddess is. This is men and women equally, okay? But I have not really touched my masculine. Or, I got my masculine. I know what he is. This is women and men equally. Uh, Do a course like this or something like it. Or do this course or something like it, and you will definitely be having new questions that you never even thought to ask. I cannot tell you how many people, even tantric practitioners who come and have a reading, and I'm giving them their whole transmission of their Mars uh, sign, uh, their Mars chart, Mars in the sky, the whole phase and everything. And they're like, wow, you know, I never knew that the masculine was all of that also. So it will fill in the gaps for people who are very aware of how their inner masculine and feminine alchemy play out, questions they've had, obstacles they run into with others, perhaps with lovers or with business partners, uh, people who have kind of been maybe a friendly antagonist. The Mars phase can show you why you keep attracting that person or that type of person into your life. Very,
0: very interesting and timely and relevant. And I just wanna say again, if you're interested, the link is in the chat, the link is in the description. Um, So check it out and see if this might be of benefit to you. Like I said in the beginning, it feels so important to be adding more dimensionality to our understanding of Mars slash the masculine, because I'll just speak for myself. My understanding of the masculine for so long was very flat and very one sided. And, and the more that, yeah, astrology has done this for me so much. And like you say, Anne and Rick, Rick definitely brings in the um, uh, Mars, also ruling Scorpio, so bringing in the lover. So it's it's the warrior and the lover together. Yes. That alone is already opening up so many doorways of possibility for that archetype, right? But yes. now you're, you're bringing in even more dimension. And I can't think of anything – I mean, there's so many – there's so many challenges that we're faced with today that seem to be a result of uh, this one-dimensional masculine expression uh, and it's not that the masculine's bad. It's no. not that the masculine you know, shouldn't have a voice. it's just that we need more and we need to round it out more give it its to, richness, it new, it's nuances.
1: Exactly and I feel Amanda, to that point this is my continuing prayer that the way we round it out is not through more understanding. The way we round it out is through more activation and and if you will, raising the amount of honesty that we are ready to live with, live mm-hmm. in from. Mm-hmm. So, to go uh, for me, Mars ruling Scorpio is relentless depth. Relentless. I I get what he's saying about lover, but not like the romanticized vision uh, version of lover. Lover as someone who lives for the consummate union. Mm-hmm. So I call I call Mars in Scorpio, it's kind of similar, relentless depth, relentless, relentless. And that's what, the map. I think that's what's happening out in the culture right now, in in our society, is that we've been so vapid, we've been so superficial, and we don't have a way to put put a word on it. Now we're like, outrage! Well, that's the first thing that always happens. We explode, uh, generically, we explode, and then hopefully after the explosion, we make any restitution that we have to, we come back into balance, but most importantly, we learn, we look at this, we open ourselves. Why did that happen? How did I put myself in a position to even force me to explode in the first place? Which means, because if I'm explodable, it means I'm already out of balance. The phase of Mars will give you that so much before you have to explode. Or, you know, some people's explosion is to implode on themselves. You know, psycho-emotionally, where what, some people, they have to go drop down into their dark hole for a while. That's a version of an explosion, but just in the opposite direction. This Mars base thing, I mean, I can't speak higher. Like if you, any, any work on the Mars base that goes real deep, that in other words, that just doesn't stay in archetypes and symbolism and metaphor and myth, but can actually apply it to your tangible 3D life, where, you, where the rubber meets the road, where you are really blocked, that is a valuable asset, whether you get it through astrology, human design, I don't know, the Enneagram, whatever. That's what I feel is like what we're needing.
0: Mm. Very good. Adam, thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure to be here with you as me always. Too, Amanda. Thank you. <laughs>
1: thanks <laughs> thank thanks you for having me. Yeah.
0: yeah, and thank you for the work you're doing on Mars, especially like I, like I said, right now, it's like it's so up. It's so front and center. It's so it's yes. it's an exploration that we would all benefit from. From doing right now, yeah, so yeah,
1: yeah. Thank so you check out Adam's
0: that. course that is now available. Um, and thanks you, thanks to all of you for being here for this special edition episode and for the the exploration you're doing in your life to yes. find these. You know, I like what you said: give the lower octave a voice. And the second thing was do something towards Take it. A yes. Yes. Take a step, yes. Do something, yes. Exactly. All right. Thank you so much and take care, everybody. Adam, thanks for being here. Thanks everybody for being a part of our community and as always for making astrology a part of your life. We'll catch you on the next episode.